Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts on this Tuesday Takes on Takes edition of the show, taking a break from the dueling mock drafts, which we will pick up tomorrow. But Kyle, listen to this. I was uh, I went to uh, lunch on Saturday with a friend who listens to the Draft Dudes Podcast, and he said to me, he says, I don't listen to every episode. Maybe only one a week, but it's it's usually takes on takes. That's great. I, I thought you were going to lead in and, and make some comment about how you, they can't believe that we get along. Because we get that a lot. Um, I saw somebody called us a, a regular day Hatfield and McCoys because we're Dolphins and a Bills fan. I know how to deal with you. I think that's what it comes down to. <laughs> you know? <laughs> A lot of people are surprised that we we get along. We we uh, it's funny we have we don't have that much in common. I mean, we have the huge common ground of football and and the draft network and that we've worked together. But like I, from an interest side of things, we don't really mesh that well. But um, right, it's like your country on everyone music. Else. Yeah. I'm not. I'm movies. You're not. That's about it. Though we got football. Yeah, we seem to do a lot together. It just kind of works. I don't know. We like having fun. That's kind of a unique thing, right? Uh, <laughs> we're not boring, I guess. Um, we're not? That eh, seems to me. Uh, yeah, we, we probably are boring. <laughs> oh, we got Pop-Tart takes in here today. We've got Pop-Tarts. I'm looking at the list. Yeah. So there we go. They're, they're, we're losing listeners by the minute. No, it's good. There goes five more unsubscribes just because we're talking Pop-Tarts for three minutes on today's show. But I'm looking forward to it. All right, all right, all right. Uh, let's do it. You want to give me the right. first one? All right, all right, all right. Joey LaFaro, Greg Little is Eric Flowers. That is all dot, dot, dot. All right, fine. He's Eric Flowers and should not be drafted, let alone go before day three. Funny, fun, funny how uh, the mock drafts suddenly don't have Greg Little going in the first round anymore, huh? It used to be a staple. Weird. The staple since, I don't know, last May till about – the combine and then they're no longer with Greg little in the first round. I, I think we've kind of been down on Greg. I don't know. Ever since the first time you watch this tape and see that he's just got f- terrible body control. And it's funny because like he'll, he'll test well for like PFL PFF, you know, he'll have good grades and stuff, but I mean, he, he just, when you think about him having to hold up against these NFL pass rushers and, and how, how inconsistent he is with his set points and body control, and then he just didn't validate any type of physical upside at the combine. Yeah, yeah. Eric Flowers, I, I, except for I don't think – I mean, Eric Flowers was a top 10 pick. I don't think that's going to be the case with Greg Little. Right. I think real quick, um, you brought up an interesting point about he'll score well with PFF and all that. PFF's 
I have a lot of respect for the work that they do. And I, I think there's value with a lot of things that they piece together. But as far as projecting to the pros, that's always difficult, right? Because their, their grading is based on, did you Results. do your job? Yeah. 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 It's, did you do your job? It's not looking for qualifiers and disqualifiers. It, it's strictly what was your end result on a play-by-play basis? So I it's an interesting say, point. I'll say this as well with PFF, because uh, I, I know some people there. And um, one thing that they are doing a good job of right now is finding what data points they collect translates to NFL success. So uh, that's interesting to see how, as they dig into that a little deeper, what what they reveal and what, you know, what, what we can glean on as the most important takeaways from PFF data regarding prospects. Right. Kyle, this one comes from George. Oh, wow. Uh, how do you say that last name? Give it a Charori? shot. C-H-A-H-R-O-U-R-I. Charori. Charori, but he got turned in. Somebody turned him in. Cameron Spencer. Oh, yeah, that's that's great. That's actually a good point. Um, so PFF George. <laughs> funny we're leading right into this. He got turned in by Cameron Spencer. Uh, George said, seems like a good time to remind everyone that the Raiders won the Khalil Mack trade. Turned in by Cameron Spencer with the hashtag takes on takes. I think it's premature to declare them the winner because we need to know what they do with that capital, that draft capital. So, I mean, Khalil Mack was a monster this year. Obviously, the financial implications are something that serves as a roadblock for any team that's going to build forward with Khalil Mack being a part of their franchise. But I can't call a winner in this deal until I know who the Raiders end up with as an end result of that trade and what that player's success looks like in the NFL. So to be determined, uh, Travis Allen Graber Niners are drafting Burns NFL draft 2019 hashtag takes on takes. I don't think they are. Um, they, yeah, I think they're going to take Bosa. I really do. Mark um, Murray one Bosa two. And uh, Burns, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. I, I think he's such a great pass rusher. I just predictively, I think it's going to be Bosa. Uh, this one, Kyle, comes from Matt Hicks. Here we go. Strawberry and blueberry are day three Pop-Tart picks, and it ain't even close. Hashtag takes on takes. Hashtag stick to Pop-Tarts, not football. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, first of all, I agree with Matt. I'm not a fan of strawberry or blueberry Pop-Tarts. So if I was constructing a big board, I asked for big boards. I got a bunch of big boards. Coincidentally, we've got a big board following up uh, very shortly. The only fruit-flavored Pop-Tart that I like is cherry. So day three, I'm on board, strawberry and blueberry. I, I believe this is the last Pop-Tart take, yeah, Joe. Yeah, this Let's, is it. We Get them out of the brisk. way. We got to keep it brisk so we don't lose anybody. Yeah. Uh, JB74 uh, number one, brown sugar. Number two, strawberry. Number three, cherry. That's a Pop-Tart big board. Also takes on take. Pop-Tarts are trash and should only be eaten if there are no other options. Team Toaster Strudel. I'm all over this. I think that's the correct top three with uh, Pop-Tart rankings. And yeah, man, I, I know that you haven't eaten the Pop-Tarts in probably a decade. And I might be right there with you. They're not that good. Um, this one comes from Daniel Cooksey. Kyle, this is another turn-in. Uh, they said... Riley Ridley is undraftable. And then Luke Donaldson hit him with the hashtag takes on takes. So Kyle is Riley Ridley undraftable. No, he's not undraftable. Did he test where you would want him to? No. Are you disappointed with his athletic testing? Yes. But I think you see, he's a guy that, that runs 
some pretty polished routes. He has some run after the catch ability. He's not a true burner, but he's a big tough guy in the, in as far as with the football in his hands. He's not undraftable, but he's not the top 25 prospect that some, uh, including some of us here at the Draft Network at some juncture in, in the draft process, thought he might be, but that doesn't mean he's undraftable. Uh, Brian Perez, verified account, Brian Perez, NFL. <laughs> Opening day baseball is worse than March Madness. Kyle Krabs grinding the tape turned him <laughs> in with the hashtag takes on takes, Joe. Opening day baseball is worse than March Madness. Well, um, this is tough. So I only, like, I'm not going to be sitting there watching like the White Sox and the Orioles ever, ever. All right. I like opening base, day baseball because I like the New York Mets, but I don't follow every team closely. March Madness. I mean, we've talked about our takes on March Madness, which is to me, it's an oversaturated tournament. Um, yeah, yeah, March Madness is better than opening day baseball. What do you think there? You got a quick take on that? They both suck. How's but which that? one's better? One has to be better. Listen, opening day baseball is only one day. March Madness is like three weeks. Right. Final give four is day, here. Give me, give me opening day baseball. Is worse or better? I would rather watch opening day baseball because it's only one day than watch March Madness. Oh, all right. That's a weird, that's an interesting it's way to take it. the smallest investment of my time as humanly right. possible. All right. This one comes from Xavier um, at the North Xavier. He says, if Daniel Jones hits his ceiling, he'll only be a very poor man's Carson Wentz. If Daniel Jones hits his ceiling, he's Alex Smith. How's that? I think that's his absolute best case scenario. Alex Smith, slow starter in the league. He's turned into a reliable but unspectacular starting quarterback. Has some limitations to his game, but he is athletic. He is mobile. That's Daniel Jones. That's how I feel about it. We got a lot of people turning folks in today. <laughs> it's funny. A lot of, a lot of it didn't even mean for it to happen, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Scarecrow Boat said evaluation based on college tape is meaningless once you hit the NFL. And Pat's uh, sign, Pat in Madison, hit it with the hashtag takes on takes. So I guess the thought process here is you can't – a guy's college tape was is useless. Well, the context here – Projecting I, I, Yeah, I was part of this Twitter discussion with uh, Steve Palazzolo from PFF, and it was about Josh Rosen and how – you know, look, he had a really poor season as a rookie, but, you know, there's that his college tape that you can lean on to to know who he is as a player, what he's capable of. And and, and so this guy, Scarecrow Boat, came back with evaluation based on college tape is meaningless once you hit the NFL, which – Get the hell out of here. Yeah, that's not true. Like, especially for a situation where with the Cardinals where I think Tom Brady might have won seven games as a quarterback for that team. Just horrible offensive line. A completely uh, – a coaching staff that was just in shambles. Uh, bad weapons. I mean, just everything working against the situation there. And you got a, a quarterback in Josh Rosen that's a, a rookie. Yeah, of course I'm going to remind myself of what he did in college and the traits he illustrated in college and lean on that for my forecast with him going forward. Now, yeah, sometimes it doesn't matter, right? Like there's times that a, a player gets to the NFL and uh, it, the game's different. 
from the college level and the way that they won in college didn't translate well to the NFL. And yeah, it doesn't matter what they did in college, but I think more times than not, we can still learn a lot about a player, especially in the situation of Josh Rosen. Uh, the Bumski says, this is another turn in. All right. So the Bumski got turned in. He said, can't argue with much except in my opinion, Campbell over Phantom Metcalf. Okay. So that doesn't matter. He says, my bold prediction is Paris Campbell is the number one wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft. Josiah Graham hit him with the hashtag takes on takes and tagged you and I in the tweet. All right, bet. I'll eat the tweet if that happens. Campbell wide receiver one. If if Paris Campbell is wide receiver one, I will print out the tweet on a piece of paper and I will eat it. Um. Okay. So you think it's that bad of a take? I think I do not think so. Yeah, I, I don't Number think it'll one wide receiver off the board. No. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen either. But the NFL is weird, and they like guys that run four threes. Who Who would be the team? Like, I look at the draft order in general, and like Washington at fifteen feels like one of the earliest teams that could potentially draft a wide receiver when you consider team needs for the teams picking in the top ten. Right. It would surprise me. It would surprise me a lot. So you've got like Washington and then there's like a handful of teams in the early 20s. Uh, no, I, I don't think Paris. I mean, if Paris goes above 25, I'd be stunned. So, yeah, I'm gonna stand by this. I'll eat this tweet if it happens. I can't get this next one. You got to get that one. No, you're giving this to me. Yeah. Oh, geez. You should have thought ahead. And you're assigning who started. It just, no, it just proves that I don't think about the order at all. I just copy-paste them. Corey Hayes. Oh, boy. At the Joe Marino. Hashtag takes on takes. Joe Marino would be the best NFL general manager out of anyone at the Draft Network. Without question, yes. That is such an off-brand answer. What am you. I supposed to say here? <laughs> it's like anytime you ask a prospect, like, do you think you're the best player at position X in this year's draft? Like, do <laughs> you expect any of them to say no? I like, believe in my ability to evaluate talent and construct a roster. And, uh, you know, just uh, I'm a competitor. So I really believe that I'm the one. I'll say this. Okay. If, if, if we're, I think we all have good eyes for, for the game. So lack. No. <laughs> if I, if there's anything, and this is, I have experience with managing people, so I'll go with I'll go with that experience to give me the the blend of people management as well as football right. knowledge. There you have it. And, I, and of course, Kyle would agree. Kyle would definitely say that I'm the the, the best NFL GM out of anyone at TDN. Um, except for well, no, I'm not going there. Okay, this one comes from Silver and Blue Draft. He says, it's "Probably a good idea. Just keep rolling." He says, Jawan Taylor is a bust waiting to happen? Jonah Williams is the catch from this class. Hashtag takes on take. Hashtags hot take. Hashtag NFL draft 2019. Hashtag NFL draft. <laughs> hashtag draft Twitter. Hashtag old line. My oh, man loves the, uh, the hashtags yep. here. <laughs> Listen, is there some degree of risk with Jawan Taylor? Maybe. Somebody put up a post of him trying to play left tackle. Florida State went unbalanced and put him outside of Martez Ivy and Brian Burns from 2017 just like dusted him. And his his pass if you draft Juwan Taylor and you ask him to switch sides, 
I think you exponentially increase that chance of a bust. But a good offensive tackle is a good offensive tackle. Technically speaking, what are the risks? There's uh, some hand placement issues. Uh, He can carry his hands a little low at times. His pad level can get up. But he can mask a lot of those things with length, functional strength, anchor, and athleticism. So there is some inherent risk with Juwan Taylor, but I don't think he's a bust waiting to happen. I think you can do him disservices with how you play him that can increase his chances of busting, but you can say that for almost any player. Jonah Williams is the catch from this class. I like Jonah Williams a lot. Jonah's a top 20 player for me. He's, I actually think, wait, my producer's got my big board right here, Joe. It's got 100, 298 names on it right now. Oh, you're so close to three bills, I know. <laughs> and then here I am, Joe, wanted to, to record this morning. Is that? Uh-huh. <laughs> you want to uh-huh. tell the truth there, Kyle? Why we're yeah. recording earlier than expected? No. So Jonah Williams is 13th on my big board. I like Jonah Williams. What's Taylor? What's Taylor? Jawan is six. Okay. So I do have another offensive tackle with two more offensive tackles with first round grades. Really? Yeah. You have a Risner. Yes. And And you have another offensive. Oh, Cody Ford. Cody Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. They're all in the top 20. Good offensive tackle class, huh? Yeah. And some of those guys, Reisner and uh, Ford, both have inside outside eligibility. So. So it's a nice, and Jonah Williams has inside outside deals. Mm-hmm. Really. So I like this offensive line group at the top. Um, Christian Morrell, Drew Locke is greater than Josh. Wow, you really dug yourself a hole. <laughs> I know. What am I doing here? Yep. Yep. Drew Locke greater than Josh Allen. Won't run all over a defense like Allen, but is, I slightly like him more as a passer. Hashtag takes on takes. Um, so this that's that's a little challenging because we've we've seen Josh for a year in the NFL, but I, I how will. About, how about based on his college? Yeah, style? yeah. So that's where I was going to kind of take that is, and I agree. I would agree with you that um, Drew Locke is a better passer coming out than than Josh Allen was. I think what really and it, you kind of mentioned the point about him running all, Josh Allen running all over defenses, and I think that was something that um, really came out right. Obviously, towards throughout the course of the season for Josh Allen, I think that really made him more effective. And so I think that's just going to be a big part of his game. And so, um, yeah, I think coming out, I, I feel like I, I would be more comfortable with true lock than Josh Allen. Uh, here we go. This, <laughs> this one comes from JB underscore 74. The only band more overrated than the Beatles is Nirvana. Um, I don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other on Nirvana. They didn't like do it for me, but I don't like, hate their music couldn't name like, a song could not name a song really i could at least tell you the yellow submarine was by the beatles that can might be the name, only beatles song i can tell you can you name one of the members of nirvana marilyn manson no i don't know on, what's Joey. that guy's name kurt cobain kurt cobain very okay, good same I, there's there's one more that you should know from nirvana yeah i Guitarist. should know no dude the guitarist no not a chance He's gone on to participate in bands such as the Foo Fighters. Doesn't help me. Couldn't name a song. Really? Yeah. Come on. You don't know the Foo Fighters? I've heard the name, but if you asked, you played a song, you played their most famous song and said, this is the Foo Fighters, I probably would have heard the song. I couldn't tell you. Like, there's not a chance. When I talk, I mean, I'm boxed in with music, man. You know that. You like Dave Grohl? Never heard of him. Okay. Dave Grohl's a solid musician. I like him. <laughs> okay. 
So is it my turn? Yeah, you got to give me this next one. Okay, Intangibles NFL Pod at Grinding the Tape. This year's quarterback class is very similar to the EJ Manuel, Geno Smith class. Any QB who gets drafted in the first round will be overdrafted except Kyler. This QB class is great if you need a career backup. Hashtag takes on takes. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. That Yeah, I think we've got a lot of guys that probably play in the league for a while, never be a desirable starting quarterback. I think, man, hindsight's always easier, but I, I feel like I like Kyler more than I did EJ Manuel or Geno Smith coming out. I, I think that's pretty true. Um, and I'm not overly high on, on Kyler. It's just, you know, that was that 2013, man. That, that group just sucked. Um, so, I mean, in a lot of ways that, that 2013 class produced a lot of career backups. Just none of them are even desirable to be even your backup quarterback. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a good take intangibles NFL pod. This one comes from at chef rock 88. He says, even with Ed Oliver, Brian Burns, and Noah Fant still on the board at number 12, the Packers select DK Metcalf. Other teams are scared off by limited production injury history. Curious to hear who you like for the pack if those dudes last. So let's go with the angle. Those guys are all on the board. Do the pa- the Packers select DK Metcalf? I don't think so. I think they like their wide receiver group enough that they wouldn't feel the urgency to take Metcalf. I've heard a lot lately from Packers fans that the perception is if Ed Oliver's there at 12, mm-hmm. that, that would be the pick. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think is DK's floor in the draft? The floor is 15. Washington? Yeah, I think so. His ceiling, is his ceiling two to, to 49ers? I, no. Not a chance. You're saying not. zero chance. Zero chance. It's Nick Bosa. Okay, so what is the ceiling the Jets at three? Maybe. Jets three, Raiders, f- no, not Raiders. Jacksonville anymore. seven? Yeah, so it's it's Jets at three and Jacksonville at seven. And then you I start, I mean, Detroit, Buffalo, eight, nine. Detroit, Buffalo is still realistic options, yeah. yeah. All right. Watch, he's going to go like 35 now. Dude, I it's it, it's fa- he's a fascinating player in he terms is. of valuation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to do some research on where some similar. Like, we might need to do a show. We already have all of our shows booked, but it'd be fun to do one like ceiling floors for players like yeah, that. Yeah, I'd like to do some research. Like, do you, do you happen to know off the top of your head where Des Bryant went? To the Dallas Cowboys? No, no shit, Joe. <laughs> like, what number was he picked? Uh, if you give me like thirty seconds, I can tell you that. Sure. Uh, sure. Des Bryant, wide receiver from Oklahoma State. He was the 24th pick in the 2010 NFL Draft. Okay. Well, his floor might be a little lower than what we we want to think it is. See, that's that's what I was thinking too. I think Washington feels like the right floor. I don't know though. <laughs> right. Like if he's if he's there at 22 to Baltimore, does Baltimore have to take him? <laughs> yes. Yes, they, I mean, they do. Sh- they they should, right? But yes. like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how everyone thinks. I don't. I I have my hot takes about DK, but I, I mean, the, the foot injury in sixteen, the neck in eighteen. I, Here, I, I'll, I'll set the worst case scenario. His absolute worst case scenario floor is twenty six to Indianapolis. Yes, I agree with you. There's not a chance he gets by Indy. Yes, and God, he should not. Well, there you go. All right, so he's only got like a twenty five pick strike zone. You know, it's like whatever. 
23 kick strikes. Yeah, but when the ceiling is like the top five, you know? Right. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Last take of the day. Dylan McKeege. McKeague? Chase Winovich is better and should go ahead of Rayshon Gary. Hashtag takes on takes. Hashtag big facts. Yeah. I, give me I, Winovich is a more desirable prospect to me than than Gary. And I get that maybe Gary has a very high ceiling, but I think Chase Winovich has a high ceiling. We, we've talked – he's been like a big topic for like 10 months now. I feels like talking about this uh, 2019 NFL draft. Was that David Bowen? Did David Bowen tip us off on him over the summer? I think it was. He And we were like a little bit dismissive of him. But then you just get to the tape, you see a really nice blend of technique, motor, athletic ability, play strength, uh, vision, knows how to attack the pocket. Like – to me, it's funny because we're starting – I think our staff is collectively getting a little bit more comfortable with maybe mocking him late first round. I think Brad gave him to somebody in the late 20s in his mock today, and I've been kind of pegging him to the Chiefs maybe. Um, I just gave him to the Rams yesterday. You just gave him to the Rams? Dudes. Like, come on now. <laughs> he's – to me, like, he's a really high-impact edge rusher at the NFL level, and that's a valuable thing. And, and I don't know as, as much about how comfortable I am with Gary, so – yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Dylan. I like this take a lot. I like this show a lot, Joe. This is a good show. Nice, healthy blend of Pop-Tarts and football and Nirvana. and Was that all the off-topic? O- opening day baseball. March yeah, Madness. yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of tattletales. I loved it. Yeah, the tattletales are fun. And that's, <laughs> the, that's what we need to call them. Tattle takes. Tattle takes. Oh, my God. We need t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, tattle takes. T-shirts. <laughs> there I it is. I love that. Tattle takes. My mind is blown. I can't even, you're going to have to close the show. I can't do it. No, just... <laughs> Hit us up next week. Give us all your tattle takes with the hashtag takes on takes, hashtag tattle takes. If you're turning somebody in at the Joe Marino at grinding the tape. Thanks so much for listening to the draft. These podcasts. We'll talk with you guys tomorrow as we do another one of these dueling three round mock draft per division. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.